hate that one. Do it again. No. Okay, let me try again. Try again. Try again. Yeah. Hello. Welcome to Spooky Chair. Perfect, perfect, perfect. Okay, we did it. Um, I'm Hope. I'm Brandy. And today we're talking about like Egyptian spooky stuff. So there's yeah. been so Egyptology has long like I don't even think Egyptology is the correct word. Uh, that, sure. That brings that makes me think of the mummy. You know? <laughs> Brendan uh, Frazier? Yeah. Like it there's a long history of Egyptian artifacts being stolen. Oh yeah. Um, and shrines being desecrated and mm-hmm. Um, yeah, today we're gonna, we're gonna talk about, like, some, uh, spooky, interesting aspects of, um, what happens when you, you fuck around with old <laughs> shit yeah. that's older than you can even imagine. Well, and this comes from, you had mentioned the Sphinx in our Harry Potter episode. Yes. And I, we were like, let's talk about it. And we're actually, for the first time, doing We that. are following, uh. We are following through. Oh my god. Yeah, so I, we talked about the Sphinx and... In the fourth Harry Potter book, there's a Sphinx, and it's like, I've got the riddle. <laughs> I assume it's British. <laughs> yeah, which is offensive. It's weird, and it doesn't make that much sense, but I assume it's British. And um, yeah, so I just wanted to talk about like the creature, because... Yeah, who is that? So the Sphinx is like a pretty sick creature. So last time we talked about hippogriffs, because yeah. they were like combo critters, <laughs> like different heads and bodies and yes. stuff. So this dude has head of a human. A falcon, a cat, or a sheep, but consistently the body of a lion. So Whoa, there, okay. it could have many different kinds of heads. Mm-hmm. And then it has wings of an eagle. So what the basis is lion body, mm-hmm. wings of eagle, mm-hmm. and then the head kind of changes around. Like the Greek sphinx is like is usually a woman. Mm-hmm. She's got big big titty. Wow. Up front, lion titty. Oh yeah, up front. Yeah, and it's not good to look at. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, Haunch's lion, wing of bird. She is like, she's the one who does the riddles. Oh, okay, that's yeah. a Greek thing. Because women are um, bad. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> scary to be feared. Yeah. Um, but the Egyptian sphinx is usually a man. Um, okay. And but and he is different because he's like, he's more benevolent than the one that does the riddles. Mm-hmm. He's like, um, kind of just more of a protector. Okay. You know. Um but yeah, I mean like the I mean what's the first thing that comes to your mind when you think of a, a sphinx? Uh I think of the, the big statue in the, Egypt. The big boy. The big sphinx. Yeah, that's I mean that's that's one of the world's largest and and oldest mm. statues mm-hmm. for sure. And it, there's a lot of like mythology going along with it. So like, the general consensus is um, that the head of the Great Sphinx, because that's a man. That's a that's a dude. Uh, it's the pharaoh Khafre, um, dating between two, 2600 and 2500 BCE. So, whatever that means to you. Old. Old. Um, so, the uh, an Egyptologist... Okay, so Egyptologist. <laughs> I don't know if you've... Have you read... Uh, Orientalism by Edward Said. Mm. Um, they, they, it was just this whole group of dudes from like a little bit before Victorian era to the 1950s. For real. Europeans who are just like all over everything Egypt, which mm-hmm. is like, you go to Egypt, it's very cool, but these are just like colonizers. 
anyway yeah. and they're like take it they're ta- well they're taking yeah from from egyptian people they're uh-huh. taking their culture and- they they would unwrap mummies at parties Absolutely. for fun for fun and then they would when they eat they ate mummies. We, we talked about this in our mummy yeah. episode. They yeah, they ate would eat mummies. mummies. Uh, we did have a mummy episode. Check that one out. Yeah. Um, and then they would they would grind them up to mm-hmm. make paint mm-hmm. called mummy brown. Because, mm-hmm. like, you couldn't just make brown. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's the easiest color to make. Just squish <laughs> all the colors together. What the Put fuck? Put everything you have together. You don't need to eat a dead person. Yeah. I mean, paint with a dead person and then eat the... I don't know. The eating is just stuck in my mind. Yeah. Um, it's so- a nightmare thing that... Mm-hmm. Your lots of Europeans and Americans did for fun, for fun. Yeah, exciting. Yeah. So anyway, I just want to say that because all of this information comes from those people. Like, fantastic. Um, there's no like native, no local, no information about how scary all this stuff is. Like all the the Great Pyramids and the yeah. Sphinx and stuff. So, um, one of those guys, Colin Reeder, who's a big Egyptologist from like the 1910s, he so a bad man, a bad man. Yeah. So just. <laughs> Just to top it off, he's a bad man. Um, he proposed that the Sphinx was the focus of solar worship, um, and it, it ties in with the the sun, like it's a it's a sun sort of protector because it's under uh, the Leo star. I don't know. <laughs> okay, I really don't know. Yeah, but this is just so you know. Okay, he just had a he just had a thought. He and had was a thought. Like, it well, must be true. So we'll get into this a little bit, but there's, like, this whole thing where, like, there's this belief in, um, that the star, that the Egyptians built the pyramids and the Sphinx to, like, be under certain stars. And then, like, some Egyptologists are, like, racist, so they're, like, aliens clearly did that. Uh Um, these brown people could never. Mm -hmm. Um, and they're incorrect. So I try not to get into it, but there's a lot of overlap. Yeah, Mm mm-hmm, yeah. Um, so, you know, like, back in the Bronze Age, the, the, the Greeks had cultural contacts with Egypt. Mm-hmm. So, um, the, before Alexander the Great occupied Egypt, um, the Greek name Sphinx was already applied to Sphinx statues. So, the, the name is Greek, actually. Huh. Huh. And, and Greek historians were, like, all about Egyptian culture. Because it's cool. Yeah. Um, Even the Greeks were like, this. the stuff you're doing down here is it's awesome. It's pretty cool. Yeah. I like this. So yeah. it's kind of like, it seems like the Greeks got the creature from the Egyptians. However, it's a mythological creature. We don't know. Yeah. And like, they were like, but ours needs to have titties. Ours. Yeah. <laughs> Instead, ours has titties. Yeah. So the big Greek story that we all know mm. Maybe we don't. Mm-hmm. Is that the the Sphinx is said to have guarded the entrance to the Greek city of Thebes and asked um, tr- a riddle to travelers to allow them passage. So this is the the big titty woman, mm-hmm. um, scary Sphinx. So in lore, it's that like Hera, the the goddess, sent the Sphinx from her like Athens from Athens, um, which is important because the Greeks are like this is a foreign beast. Like they, this, this beast. It's is, from a different Greek it's place. It's from somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Um, and it asked the most famous riddle in history to allow you in. Oh, please. Imagine this, just to set it up. Yeah. Imagine you are at the gate of Thebes. You're like, I just have some fucking linens I am yeah. selling. Please, God, let me in. Yeah. This huge, giant woman. 
who has a lion body. Uh-huh. And it's not a normal size lion body. It's big. It's bigger than a normal lion, which yes, is already big. like three times. Holy shit. And then big fucking wings. And she's just a woman. She's big titty, bare breasted. Yeah. She, yeah. She just goes and she just goes and turns to you oh. and is like, which creature, creature has one voice and yet becomes four footed and two footed and three footed. And you can't pass. And she, if you couldn't answer this, she strangled and devoured you. Whole, oh my god! Yeah. So, what I do mean, you, what's the answer? I know. You just know. I know. It's man. Oh, why is it man? Because he, when he is a bebe, he crawl on oh arms god. and legs. When he is old, he's got two feet. And when he is very ancient, elderly, he got a cane. That is three. Oh my god! But I I cheated because you know I, I just know that from the cultural zeitgeist. Yes, but well, I like the old way of phrasing it better because it doesn't have the weird part of like in the morning, in the afternoon, and in the evening. Oh yeah, because that always confused me. I'm like, he doesn't grow up in one day. No, but it's like a metaphor. I know, but that's stupid. I like it better if it's he literary. has one voice and it, he just has all these like. Do you know about the? Uh, second riddle, the lesser known riddle. Oh God, she would ask. I'm gonna get eight. You need to answer two. Yeah, shit. Sometimes, okay. Some legends. Okay. There are two sisters. One gives birth to the other, and she, in turn, gives birth to the first. Who are the two sisters? Think like metaphorically. Think big. Think like God level stuff. The moon and the sun yeah it's day and night oh for real a fucking yeah, yeah! <laughs> that was really impressive for Angie. <laughs> just calculating this oh, imagery i saw the numbers in front going, of brandy's face going yeah um so you know the dude what's his name oedipus oedipus opedius oedipus is it oedipus oedipus uh was like yeah i got it and then he got the second riddle too. He's like, "Yeah, I got it." Yeah, very smart, and very then, good. So, except for not, but not about not fucking his mom. He does do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the Sphinx then threw herself from a high rock and died, or what? Oedipus killed her, or what? she devoured herself. In but, any case. So what? Nobody answered the second one before. No, it's in some legends. There is a second one in some legends. He just answered it so good that she had to eat herself. She ate herself because no one had ever been able to answer it before, which is like nobody went into Thebes ever. How much trade could be happening at Thebes? This city is going to crumble and die. I don't know. I don't know. Why do you even have a gate if nobody can get in? I don't know. But fun fact, this might be only interesting to me. His name can't be Oedipus. What is it? Oedipus. Oedipus. (laughs) Brandy, I forgot. Yeah. Um... He's kind of like this like threshold figure because he got rid of the old religious practices, the nasty old foreign mm. sphinx. And he's like, now it's time for the new gods. So that story kind of represents that. Who's the new sexy gods? I don't know. I You know, I this is about the Egyptians, you know? Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> we, don't, we don't need to know. Don't but um, yeah, get eight, mm-hmm. I guess. It wasn't just one sphinx. Like if you look at Egypt, like, Egyptian art and um, like tombs and stuff like a lot of of pharaohs had their heads carved atop these guardian statues that were everywhere which were the sphinx it's um, very cool to show their close relationship to the powerful solar deity 
skement a lioness. Oh, which is yeah. cool because she's a girl and she's a lion and she's a lion. And they're like, I wish I was like her. So yeah, so um, that's kind of like the explanation for what the sphinx is, why you'll see it in mm-hmm. Egyptian art, and why there's a huge one. Um, but like, what is underneath that big sphinx in Egypt? You ever thought about it? Um, what uh, do you think is under there? Um, h- harder sand. Hmm. Yeah. Um. Well, you're wrong. So, oh. have you ever heard of Edgar Casey? No. Is he a badman? He is a fucking person. Like he, <laughs> he's really. So he was a. Uh, oh my god. Let me tell you about him. So he's an American oh. clairvoyant who. He, Whoa. Yeah. He claimed to channel his higher self. So he would like channel the knowledge that he had while he was asleep. So he would be asleep and he worked with a hypnotist all his life uh-huh. to interpret like his sleep talk. And he didn't remember. Um, Fantastic. So, yeah. So he would get into a trance state and he answered questions about healing, reincarnation, mm-hmm. dreams, afterlife, past life, nutrition, and Atlantis. Nutrition, huh? <laughs> yeah. <it's> just... <laughs> Someone was a like, lot of that is very practical. They're like, who was I in a past life? What do we do when we die? Is this banana good for me? <laughs> yeah. And Look, he, they he didn't have you. the internet. They you, had to get it somewhere. Magical Google. Okay. I'm in. But he was also a devout Christian and a Sunday school teacher. So his What was this guy's name? Edgar? Casey. Yeah. And he still <laughs> has people. I literally was like, oh, Edgar Casey, Sphinx prophecy. Yeah. There's websites devoted to analyzing his prophecies in now like Amazing. now or yeah. the last like yeah. 20 years you know did anything come true um if you would listen to me <laughs> i can tell you but um yeah he he believed his subconscious mind was exploring the dream realm and so he believed all minds were like timelessly connected i just want you to know that about him yeah um it's very cool wait is he is he a, a modern man He's 1930s. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay, that's fine. Um, forgive me. I mm. forgot to mention that. Um, so he made- You did say there was no internet, but you know, that's that's a wide swath <laughs> it's of time. really sorry about that. Yeah, um, we're skipping around. So he, his prediction was that um, it, there are halls of records in, in, in three areas hidden across the world. So the hall of records is like a, Library of Alexandria for a specific civilization. Mm-hmm. Um, so he here's here's his prophecy for the three that have not been found yet. One in the Atlantan land that sank, which will rise and is rising again. Another in the place of records that leadeth from the Sphinx to the Hall of Records in the Egyptian land, and another in the Aryan or Yucatan land where the temple there is overshadowing the same. So that was his whole thing. Mm. Um, and he said, when the temple of Ilatar will rise again, there will be an opening of the Hall of Records in Egypt. And all, the person, the hypnotist taking this down was like, oh, my God. <laughs> yes, spit it, Edgar. Tell me about it. So basically, like, what that meant is he was saying that there was a Hall of Records, which is a library containing knowledge about Atlantis that would be discovered under the Sphinx. And he put a year to it. Which is, you're, you cannot oh, no, do that. We no, say it over no, and over and no. again. If you're going to make a prophecy, if you're going to say the world's going to end, you can't put a year to it. No, you have to give vague notions about the sky. Yeah. About the earth. Yeah. 
no, no, no time. Mm-hmm. Because so 1998, that would be found. Oh, um, I don't remember. I don't remember that magical Atlantean library under the Sphinx. Yeah. So what happened is that it wasn't, but there was mm-hmm. a group of people who were paid by the American government to go look for a hall records. And it was not there. There's nothing under there. The American government is so fucking stupid. Yeah. Yeah. So... There is already a library of Alexandria. Like, there's already, like, a big fancy library in Egypt. But have you heard Edgar's thoughts on the matter? <laughs> His sleep thoughts? <laughs> He's asleep. Um, He literally did that for 40 years. I don't know. I just feel like talking about him. He's, like... A- Honestly, like, kind of... Kind of genius. Kind of an entrepreneur hustle queen. Yeah, that's kind of a hustle queen. And he still has people that listen to the, his hustle wow. and still try to make it make sense. He got paid, literally got paid for doing work in his sleep. Absolutely. No, yeah, he didn't know what was going on. It was his subconscious. I'd be like, but that's exactly what we but mean. But that's what it is. But <sighs> Passive income. Passive <laughs> Is this one of income? This is a business podcast now. Hi, this is a business podcast. <laughs> this is called Making It Work. Making It Work. Um, okay. So it's a pretty good name for a business podcast. Yeah, it really is, actually. Should yeah. we start a business podcast? No. I'm unemployed. Okay. Um, so the, the it wasn't found when they went to look physically. But um Yeah, with with eyes but here's what happens when you someone believes in something for a long time and it doesn't happen they just like 2098 yeah um so some of the proposals that happened after 1998 didn't happen was that uh the 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 hall is not the work of the ancient egyptians at all but another society like advanced prehistoric uh, uh, beings or a superior race of intelligent beings. You're, you're so talking about lizard people. Lizard people and also aliens. So it's a really good theory. Oh my I god. Think, from my end. So it's either the lizard people yeah. and it's buried too deep we can't find it. Yeah, they live at the core of the earth. Core of the earth, but still underneath the sphinx's paws. Yep. And or aliens, which is, as we discussed earlier, racist. Racist. <laughs> and um, also uh, yeah, it's, it's and like... And you just can't find it because your eyes and your shovels are not good enough. Yeah, like we don't have the technology we don't to have uncover the, the space. We don't have. Edgar knowledge. knew. Edgar knew. Ed- Edgar knew, but we just don't have it. Yeah. So anyway, um, the 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 new thought is that <sighs> the this society, whether it be lizards or aliens, um, sealed away this knowledge um, underneath the Sphinx's left paw. About at about 10,500 BC, which is the last time the constellation of Leo was located over the Sphinx. So mm. we just need to find a time when Leo is over the Sphinx. Mm, we got to get Leo over here. And we have to have the technology is the mm-hmm. most important. The technology part. of people who are alive in 10,000 mm-hmm. BC. Yeah. Yeah. If only we could get to that pinnacle of innovation <laughs> again. <laughs> yeah. Um. I don't know. Do you, would you like one more one more story? Yeah, tell me about this. I mean, I just love the secrets that this this man lion holds. Yeah, um, this this beautiful man lion. I really wish there was a giant woman lion as lion person too in in Greece. Oh, somewhere. in Greece, yeah, like a, a big one. Yeah, just like this one. But it's okay. Don't worry about it. This there's, is I'm one. sure there's sculptures of her. She's yeah, probably not just not as big. big. Egypt not always went big. big. Yeah, yeah. Egypt did do that. Yeah. So, um, you know Harry Houdini? 
Yes, I do. Do you know H.P. Lovecraft? Oh, the writer? The writer. He wrote many gross uh, stories about blobs. Cthulhu. Uh, Cthulhu's lots of tentacles. Mm-hmm. Gross stuff. Mm-hmm. I think he was a bad person. He's a bad person. Not that sure about it, but he did a collab with Harry Houdini in uh, February 1924. And no, reason- that's fucking hustling. <laughs> yeah. Well, the reason, well, yeah, the whole reason they did this collab is because uh, the the editor of the Weird Tales magazine they wrote for was oh like, my, God. my shit is sinking. Like, no one is buying my Weird Tales. Please write one. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. So, so Harry Houdini, H.P. Lovecraft joined together to tell this account of a first-person perspective of a, a experience Harry Houdini says is, is true, mm-hmm. where in 1910... Houdini was kidnapped by his tour guide, who resembles an ancient pharaoh. Y- yep. Uh-huh. And he was thrown into a deep hole near the Great Sphinx. Um, sure. So let me just tell you. Number one, number one, number one. Mm-hmm. Who would have the audacity to <laughs> kidnap Harry Houdini? They don't know who he is. Who? They don't you, even have... That's his whole thing. That's his whole thing. That's who he is. His bones are made of jelly. You cannot <laughs> restrain him. As long as he had his wife there to kiss him, to give him the key through their mouths, he was always going to be good. Huh. You don't know about that? That's how uh-huh. he got out of stuff. He would kiss his wife. Sensual. He'd be like, I'm going to die. I must kiss my wife. <laughs> and then she would give him the key from like under her tongue. <laughs> but anyway, that's not what happens here. <laughs> oh my God, racy. Yeah. I know. So this is a... <laughs> that's just knowledge you have. Yes. You know all time. I, had a, I was one of the kids who was obsessed with Harry Houdini. That was oh my, my weird story. Oh my God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, let me tell you the story. <laughs> um, I'm just going to give you a synopsis because it's way too long. He's in the hole. Paid by the word. I'm there. Um, so Harry Houdini wrote this in first person. So he uh, he met this. He went on vacation to Egypt, 1910, enlisted the services of a guy named Abdul Rez Drogman. Um, he took a tour of Cairo and was forced to break up a conflict between his guide and a Bowdoin leader by the name of Ali Ziz. Thank God Harry Houdini was there mm-hmm. to solve problems of, of course. A, uh, while he was vacationing for a culture that he is not part mm-hmm. of. Um, so Drogman, the, the guide, enlists Harry Houdini to help him settle the fight by way of custom of great antiquity in Cairo, which meant a boxing match atop the Great Pyramid of Giza. Wow, a great ancient <laughs> ceremony. Wow. A, yeah. A, a boxing match? A boxing match, like they had in 1910 in England. Yes. And not on the Great Pyramid. Okay. Um, so he he goes, he, go, he does the boxing match, but he soon discovers mm. that the entire arrangement was merely a ruse designed to lure him into the desert at night and kidnap him. Of course. Because they didn't know who he was. Of course. Um, so he's tied up, taken to an unknown location, dropped deep pit. And then um, he has terrible dreams of spectacular horrors. That was mm. definitely the part written by H.P. Lovecraft. Mm-hmm. And he, after that, he awakened at the bottom of the pit and manages to free himself from the ropes. Because um, he's Harry Houdini. Mm-hmm, because he's Harry Houdini. Even though his wife wasn't there to tongue kiss him. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he was, so he, he suspected he was underneath the Great Sphinx, um, which is 
knowledge he acquired just by being fucking cool, I guess. Yeah, just um, being just so in tune with this beautiful, exotic culture yeah. that he understood. Yeah, totally. Yeah, totally. Um, so he traveled through the dark to find an exit, and he's, like, following a draft from outdoors. Well, he thinks it's from outdoors. Mm-hmm. But instead, he discovers that he has actually been heading further underground, eventually falling down a flight of stairs, landing in a large ceremonial cavern. There, he witnesses an army of half-man, half-animal mummies led by the ancient Egyptian pharaohs of Kephren oh. and Necrosis, which oh. are not real. And oh. um, they are leaving offerings to a hippopotamus-sized, five-headed, tentacled uh. beast that appears from a deep hole in the hall. And he's just looking at this. He's like, oh. Oh. I guess this is what was happening all along. Yeah, this is happening under the Sphinx. Um, And as he escapes, he realizes that this creature is merely the paw of a much larger deity in whose image the Sphinx was carved. Oh. So. Wait, wait. The tentacle beast monster is just just the the paw of the Sphinx. Of the Sphinx. And the Egyptians knew. (laughs) And they sculpted him. They sculpted him. And it's a whole shrine to him. And you have to give offerings. And the mummies are alive under there. And they're they're half men, half animals, immortal beings that have to But they are mummies. But they are mummies. (laughs) And they they are in an art. <laughs> it was not a high class magazine. <laughs> but it is very illustrative. Oh, yeah. I can see this. So eventually, so he escapes. He's Harry Houdini. He's Harry Houdini. Um, and then he gets out and he dismisses the events as hallucination. Of course. Or or, or dreams, like consequences of the of the strains of his mental state because of the kidnapping ordeal. Kidnapped for what? Despite <laughs> <laughs> Despite the resemblance he sees between the uh, ancient Egyptian pharaohs he saw underneath the Sphinx and his guide, Drogman. What? That's the end of the story. Oh my god. <laughs> they all, they needed Harry to see this. They're they, like, look they, Harry. <laughs> Harry, you need to know the yeah, truth. There was never any, I really didn't think about it because I'm like, this is just shitty. Yeah. But like, there was no ransom. There was no... No, it's because... His guide was the ancient pharaoh spirit who wanted Harry to see this. For why? To tell everyone. To tell tell them all. (laughs) Because no one would listen to me, a pharaoh. They'd have to listen to this magician man. I don't know. But that Harry Houdini you said that was true. And it's it's pretty lit story. Yeah. Like, you're not... I mean, it's like... Make a music video. Anyone. Please. Yeah. Um, and he, he escaped and he, he made it back and he's like, oh, I've got a, ta- a weird tale to tell you. Have you seen that Sphinx statue? Well, <laughs> you know what an excellent boxer I am, right? Well. <laughs> so, anyway, let me tongue kiss my wife yeah, just for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what was happening with the Sphinx. There's a lot of stuff about the aliens making the Sphinx. That's not okay. Or just like the pyramids in general. There's actually not a lot focusing specifically on the Sphinx. Because that one is so grounded in reality. There's Greek myths. Yeah. It has literally like a pharaoh's face on it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I just want to reiterate, the ancient Egyptians built the pyramids. Yeah. There was slave labor involved. If you say it's aliens, it's not true. No. <laughs> so, yeah. Wow. Fucking great. Yeah. Did you enjoy that? I did. Now I know so much more about the Sphinx. <laughs> You're welcome. And I love... 
I love. Mm-hmm. Um, have you heard of curses? I really am so psyched to hear about mm-hmm. Egyptian curses from Brandy. Because you think you would think you would think you would think you would think that Harry think. Houdini would have gotten a curse. You would have you would have thought. He went in there. Well, and he, he saw some shit. He did die by a very stupid way, and some might say that was a curse. <gasps> Brandy! Yeah, making connections. He also kind of just did stupid things all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He let a dude just like punch him in the gut. Mm-hmm. Anyway. People believe of the curse of the pharaohs, the mummy's curse, Brendan Frazier. Oh, Brendan Frazier. If you go into a tomb you're not supposed to, a pharaoh will curse you with bad luck, illness, or even death. Yeah, I have to say the only time I've heard this in my lifetime is in the mummy franchise. Yeah, it really, it really took off with the mummy franchise. Mm-hmm. But one of the oldest instances, again, White people talking yeah. about Egypt. Yes. White mm-hmm. people afraid of Egypt. Absolutely. In 1699, this Polish dude, or I don't know, a white dude talking about a Polish dude named Louis Penincher mm-hmm. was like, this Polish man went to Alexandria and he got two mummies. He found yeah. them. He put them in his duffel bag, said, these are mine. Oh, no. Happened all the time. Went on a <laughs> sea journey with these mummies in the cargo hold oh, and he God. was just full uh, haunted by visions of two specters chasing him around the boat just yeah. just beset by them in the stormy seas yeah. and and the boat was about to capsize and so he threw the mummies overboard which what the fuck what were you what what the fuck how did he know threw it? the mummies overboard and everything abated and it all became calm oh the mummy's curse. Uh, the mummy's curse. An Egyptian archaeologist who is actually a modern and Egyptian man oh. named Zahi Hawass. Wow. He recalled that as a young archaeologist, he was excavating at Kam Abu Bilo, and he had to transport several artifacts from this like Greco-Roman site because the Romans did hang out in Egypt. Yeah. Um, and when he was doing that, his cousin died on that day. He was <gasps> transporting the artifacts, and then. One year later, exactly, his uncle died. And then one year after that, his aunt died. Oh, my God, I believe this. <laughs> and he now, was like, what the fuck? Now I believe it. No. Yeah. Years later, uh, same guy, Zahi, he was excavating the tombs of the builders of the Pyramids of Giza, I guess. Okay. So, like, not the actual, but the builders uh-huh. of. And he found a curse, which is actually quite rare. Uh, Wait, what do you mean he found a curse? He, like, found it written in there oh Um, and it said all people who enter this tomb who will make evil against this tomb and destroy it may the crocodile be against them in the water and snakes (laughs) against them on land may the hippopotamus be against them in water the scorpion on land and though he's like not a superstitious dude he was like i'm not gonna i'm not gonna disturb anything in here yeah i'm gonna go because who wants hippos and scorpions very specifically very scary chasing after no 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 thank you i have a question about the curse so like that was so like kind of the basis of this is that like they were like there will be grave robbers here because there's nice stuff yeah 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 um Um, basically i'll talk about the curses a little bit later on but okay Really, they're very rare, mm-hmm. um, and it's it's because back then it was so like it it was such a horrible thing to think about actually 
robbing a pharaoh's grave yeah nobody would do it uh-huh. like it's it's like an abhorrent thing to do so they didn't have okay. to write it down because they were like no one would do it and it's actually bad luck to write it down like that's oh really it's don't kind of do that for yeah. it to happen so okay. like the ones they do find are usually on more like private tombs like these builders not a pharaoh oh okay okay i see i see i see because it's like you're not gonna fuck with the pharaoh yeah you know but mm-hmm. but more like rich people who just you know got to be mummified might put it on there and really they're they're kind of rare but um another time this this dude has a lot of stories uh same archaeologist he was involved in the removal of two child mummies from the baharia oasis don't take those yeah to a museum yeah and apparently he was haunted by the children in his dreams oh my god he kept seeing them everywhere and the phenomena did not stop until the mummy of the father (gasps) was reunited with the children mummies in the museum and then the vision stopped and then the vision stopped so the really the children were just like Where's our dad? <laughs> oh my god. And he was like, this is fucked up. Um, so maybe we should not display them. Yeah. Oh, so they took them they took them down. They didn't They did them. not take them back, but they did not display them. Okay. So What? But you know, these are little stories, just little tidbits yeah, 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 of, yeah. of mummy's curses. But the true, the most famous and what started a new wave of Egyptomania, which was what you said, talked about in like the mm-hmm. early 1800s to like the 1950s, yeah. was the discovery, quote unquote discovery, of King Tut's tomb in 1922. Well, yes, we know. Have that. you heard of him? <laughs> yeah, I've heard about him. King Tut? Uh-huh. Did you go to his exhibit when it was I traveling? I sure did. I sure did. And when I was a kid. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I've definitely heard people people just like died after they got all that stuff. Yeah, and they did. Exactly. Um so let me just talk to you about uh King Tut uh-huh. in common. Mm-hmm. He reigned circa uh thirteen thirty three to thirteen twenty three BC. Sure. So um oh sorry, B C E. Oh. I know. <laughs> uh he was not an important dude. Oh. He, he was just like the son of a dude that everyone hated. Oh. Um, Akhenaten was his dad, and he's very famous because he decided to like change everything. He was like, We're gonna have a new capital city and we're gonna we're gonna worship a new god. Oh. And this is my wife, she's my sister, she's really hot. Oh my god. I'm gonna have a bust made of her that's like super realistic looking, not like how we usually do. Oh. And that's the bust of Nefertiti. <gasps> his wife is Nefertiti. Wow. Yeah. He's like, We're we hug and stuff. Uh, we actually like each other, and we sh- will paint that. He he did a lot of stuff, and then and then he died, and everyone was like, "Fuck him, fuck him," and everything he did. So We're they didn't like these back. changes. No, he, he was ma- the pharaoh, though. He was the pharaoh. Okay, but he died, and then they changed it all back, and basically, Tutankhamun was his son. And they were like, eh, he's like a puppet. Just like, go back to how things were. We don't mm-hmm. really care about you. When he died really young, there was a thousand things wrong with him. Yeah. Wasn't it like, I, I remember in my head it was like a carriage accident or something. They like said it was a carriage accident. They were trying to make him seem cooler. Yeah, like he was racing. But there was no way he could have ridden a carriage because he just like was so fucked up. His his spine was just like a question mark. Oh, well, yeah, because he was... Uh... A his, child of a brother and sister. Of a brother and sister, who yeah. also married his sister. Oh, no. Oh, no. That's how they did it. Oh, my God. Um, uh-huh. So, like, his tomb is cool because it was uh, actually, like, sealed up because it, during his time, they, like, buried him. They 
gave him a bunch of artifacts that weren't really meant for him. It was actually a lot of it was Nefertiti stuff, but they were like, we don't want to talk about Nefertiti. Just like change it a little bit. Put it on there. Wait, wait, wait. Why did he get Nefertiti stuff? Because they didn't like her because she was oh. the wife of the the pharaoh that everyone didn't like. Okay, so they gave it to Tut. They gave it to Tut. They changed it all. They were like, basically, they're like, let's erase Akhenaten and Nefertiti by just like changing all their shit into their shitty son stuff. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And they uh they didn't care about his tomb. So when they were like excavating other stuff, like ancient Egyptian architects, uh, they just like threw all the dirt on his tomb. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck this guy. They just like threw it down the hill onto his tomb, which actually like sealed and hid his tomb for many, many years. So Wow. Uh, you couldn't find it. And so it's famous because it's one of the most intact tombs ever yeah. found. Untouched because no one cared. Because nobody cared. Yeah. yeah. Um, so in November of 1922, after a search that lasted over a decade, <gasps> Egyptologist and a bad man, Howard Carter, discovered, <laughs> quote unquote discovered, because it was him to, his to find, yep. the tomb of Pharaoh Tutankhamun in Egypt's Valley of the King. Wow. And he was like, I found the door. Amazing. He sent a telegram to his chief financier uh-huh. of the expedition, George Herbert, fifth lord of Carnarvon. Well. Carnar- Carnarvon. I yes. said it right. Mm-hmm. Um, I know him. Saying, please hurry, George. <laughs> We're about to open the tomb and you gave us a lot of money for it. You gotta come see. Uh, George. Come on, George. And so George came. Oh, how long did that take him? Took him a month oh. <laughs> to get down there. They're just standing in front of the door for a month? Yeah, they were mm-hmm. like, mm, this looks cool. They, and they opened it up. And after 3,000 years of being undisturbed, they opened that door and they jammed their white bodies in there <laughs> and they just took everything. Yeah. And some say that the pharaoh unleashed a powerful curse of <gasps> death and destruction upon all who dared disturb his slumber. <sighs> Here's what his curse did. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Starts with a man named James Henry Breasted. <laughs> the uh, bird? Was he a, mm? a Greek sphinx? I mean, kind of, because oh. it really didn't happen to him. It did happen to his bird. What? Let me tell you. Let me tell you. Wow. So. He was actually another famous Egyptologist, uh, in other words, a bad man mm-hmm. of his day. And he was working with Carter, mm-hmm. the the guy who found the tomb. And shortly after the tomb was opened, apparently, this guy who had nothing to do <laughs> with King Tut, he had never been there, but he was friends with the guy who opened it. He came home and he found inside his birdcage a cobra. <gasps> and a his cobra. bird was gone and his pet canary was betwixt the cobra's teeth gulp ate it what the and he was like oh my god the cobra is the symbol of the egyptian monarchy a uh... motif that kings wore upon their headdresses that represents protection okay. this manifestation of egyptian kings ate my bird <laughs> didn't they have photography i don't know like so did he prove this this is just a story he said it and apparently like a messenger that like came to us as like courier saw it too oh my Um, god wow he didn't die that's so dramatic okay but his bird did Mm -hmm. and then he told everyone about it and this dude named arthur weigal who was the inspector general of antiquities to the egyptian government was like oh my god this guy's house was broken into by a royal Egyptian cobra. 
<laughs> it's it happened on the same day that King's Tut tomb was opened, and I'm gonna tell everybody and put it into the New York Times. Yeah, well, that's fun. Yeah, it's very it's kind fun. of a fun story. And everyone was like, "There is a King Tut's curse because of this bird." I have a couple of questions about King Tut the man that I'm wondering if I could ask you. Oh yeah, yeah, sure. How long was he pharaoh? Like ten years. Okay, and he was kind of like less hated than his father. Yeah, he was basically just like a, a way to cover up the father because he he was so just sort of weak okay. that the people who hated his dad was like, you do what we say to go back to everything. And he like did. How we used to- yeah, and he did. Okay, fabulous. That's, yeah. I'm just trying to figure out how powerful his curse would be. But that seems about at the level of uh, like a, a summoning a cobra in a cage to eat a canary. Yeah. Seems about at the correct level. Right. And, mm-hmm. it, and like some of the powers might tied to his mom Nefertiti who did get covered up yeah because a lot mm-hmm. of that stuff in his tomb is hers it's like three-fourths of the stuff in his tomb was actually meant for her well that she is more powerful that she's I very powerful sure. and she's yeah. hot as hell well her yeah bust oh is incredible God. yeah um yeah she's very famous now because she's so hot mm-hmm. so anyway that's not all that happened here's the first death okay do you remember george yeah, a financier, fifth yeah. Earl of Carnival. We waited a month for him. Yeah, uh, he was the first to die by King Tut's curse. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently, he got a mosquito bite on his face that he accidentally cut off when he was shaving, and he got blood poisoning, which is a very stupid way to die. Well, oh, the mosquito gave him blood poisoning. Well, no, he got a mosquito bite, and then he cut it with a knife, and their dirty knives and the dirty air and the oh. dirty everything got in there. Um, and basically six weeks passed after they opened this tomb and he got this blood poisoning and fucking died. Okay. Yeah. And everyone was like, this is the mummy's curse. This is the This curse. is what happened. He died in a very stupid way. And, um, just- it went so far, went so far that Benito Mussolini <gasps> had a mummy in his house as a <gasps> gift and he what? fucking got rid of it <gasps> because King Tut's curse. Well, everyone was like, holy shit, this is so bad. Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. Excuse me? Author of Sherlock Holmes, spiritualist of the stars. Believer in fairies. Believer in ghosts. Mm -hmm. Suggested that Lord Carnivon's death had been caused by elementals. Created elementals. He made that up. Created by Tutankhamun's priests to guard the royal tomb. Elementals. Mm-hmm. So, like, guardian spirits? Yes. Powerful creatures of nature. He just made that up. He just made that up. God, what a man. Yeah. Arthur Weigal, that attorney general guy who mm-hmm. just had to get in on the bird scoop, mm-hmm. uh, came back in and he was like, <laughs> I predicted that this would happen. Did he? When I heard that this guy opened his tomb and i saw that he was laughing and joking as he went in there so disrespectful i said to a nearby reporter i give him six weeks to live and that reporter was like he did do that and who's dead who's dead he's dead how long six weeks oh my Mm -hmm. god Mm -hmm. so disrespectful so disrespectful next sir bruce ingham basically He's a friend of Carter. It's a bad it's a bad way to be friends with Carter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you shouldn't do that. And he he gave him the worst paperweight of all time. Carter gave Sir Bruce Ingham a mummified hand. 
No. A, a mummy's hand as a paperweight. From the from the t- from, from the King Tut. I don't know if it's King Tut's hand. It's, it's just, just a mummy. mummy's hand. Yeah. Uh-huh. Again, Howard Carter, bad person. Yeah. Um, it was wearing a bracelet that was uh-huh. supposedly inscribed with a curse. Uh-huh. A curse that said, "Curse be he who moves my body." Oh well, well. <laughs> uh huh. And uh, it also it also said something about. Like, you will first be beset by uh, fire and then by water. Oh. And then Ingham's house was not long after burned to the ground (gasps) after getting this paperweight from my nightmares. And then when he rebuilt it, it was hit by a flood. Oh, my God. The curse. The curse. guess what? Shouldn't have done that. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Wow. Wow, 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 wow. George J. Gold. Okay. Was a wealthy American... Railroad executive. Sounds like it. Yeah. Visited King Tut's tomb in 1923 because you could just go in there. You just you just walked right in there. You could just go right in there. Yeah. He fell sick almost immediately afterward. He uh-huh. never recovered and he died a few months later. Yeah. Mysterious illness. Y'all are just walking in. You're not even being respectful. You don't even know Tut. You don't know Nefertiti. You don't know anything. You don't even know. You don't even know. Aubrey Herbert. Uh-huh. Next one. He's Lord Carnivon's half-brother. Okay. He didn't even go there. He, what? He knew nothing about King Tut, but he was the half-brother of George the Mosquito Bitch. Okay. And he was cursed with a degenerative eye condition that left him totally <laughs> blind. Okay. That he was born with, but it was part of the curse. <laughs> okay. All right. A doctor suggested that his rotten infected teeth were somehow causing his vision problems okay what (laughs) okay so he's part of it he's part of it the doctor (laughs) was overcome with pharaoh's confusion okay sure um and so he had every single one of herbert's teeth pulled in effort to make his eyes work medicine did it (laughs) (laughs) this is 1920s what it okay. did not work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It did, however, create a bunch of horrible tooth infections that went yes. right into his brain and killed him. Yes. Uh-huh. The curse. Um, <laughs> the curse of 1920s medicine. Dentistry. Yeah. What the fuck? I just, I had to put that in there because it was just like, let's talk about this procedure. What? what? Um, but it was we, definitely the mummy's we, curse. The mummy's curse. <laughs> Aaron Ember. Okay. Was an Egyptologist, bad man, who was friends with people uh-huh. who opened King Tut's tomb. He didn't. He didn't go. He didn't go. Oh but he was God, friends with curse. them. Oh my God! Yeah. Um, but he died a few years after the tomb was opened because his house was burned down, and he he could have gotten out safely, but his wife was like, "You got to go back into your burning house and oh. save your manuscript that you've been working on." It's no, all a bad idea. And and she was like, I'll go get our son. Mm-hmm. I'll handle that. But you mm-hmm. got to get your manuscript, mm-hmm. Aaron. Um, he ran back in there, tried to get it, and he died. Mm-hmm. Guess what the name of the manuscript was? Pharaoh's Curse? The Egyptian Book of the Dead. Oh! <laughs> oh, no. I just think she wanted to get rid of him. Okay, so, okay, this one makes a lot more sense then. Because yeah. maybe... 
he was telling some secrets that he shouldn't have been telling. So he was letting the shit slide and he went back in there. He had a way out and he went back in there. Yeah. King Tut overcame his wife, went inside of her and was like, husband, you got to get your manuscript. I, I'm handling the son. You don't have to worry about our child. Yeah. Just- but you got to get your manuscript. Um. I don't, again, I don't think King Tut has the the uniqueness, charisma, nerve, nerve and talent to go inside, to do something that elaborate. I do think that was Nefertiti. Yeah. No, okay. that seems like something she would do. She was, she was very, very clever. Mm-hmm. Um, Richard Bethel was Lord Carnivon's secretary. And he was the first person after them to actually go into the tomb. So okay, so go he in. went in. He okay. went in. And then he died in 1929 under suspicious circumstances. He was found smothered in his room in Elite London's Gentleman's Club. <laughs> and and nobody knew why. Nobody knew how. They were just oh. like, the curse. It was... <laughs> King Tut popped up. Yeah. Was like, went inside you. of a pillow. Yeah. Went inside of a pillow and the pillow just, just whapped over his face. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Because there was no other reason to murder How- this man. When did he visit the tomb? In 1929. Oh, in 1922. And then, and then- he died in 1929. Okay. So yeah. we're really stretching it. No. <laughs> the curse. No. Sir Archibald Douglas oh, Reed. Endless. <laughs> yeah. No, uh-huh. it, we're almost done. Um, <laughs> He x-rayed King Tut's mummy to figure out what was going in there. He He really got in there. He just, he put him through the machine. Okay. Uh, The very next day, he got sick. Uh Uh-huh. And three days after that, he died. (gasps) Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, yeah. And um, what about Howard Carter, you made us? The Mm -hmm. main guy who found the tomb, went in there first. Nothing happened to him. He (gasps) died at the age of 64. Uh, that's pretty young. Not for back then. Yeah. So he didn't get the curse. Of the 58 people who were present when the tomb was opened, eight of them died in the next 12 years. <laughs> the next In the next 12 years. A curse. That's a curse. That is a curse. Mm-hmm. Um, and definitely not some colonialist fear of exotic magic white bullshit. Yeah, it's really a lot of visions. It's yeah, a lot of... Stretching, a lot of Sir Arthur Conan Doyle sauce. Yeah, making up his own sort of mm-hmm. history. Mm-hmm. His own yeah. sort of religion that he's imposing. And there was on. like a lot of ideas. There was a lot of talk about there being a curse on King Tut's like, sarcophagus or whatever. There oh, yeah. There wasn't. There was not. Oh, there wasn't? No. Oh. Like, like again, they had found it on some private tombs and stuff. And uh-huh. and from, like, the Old Kingdom era, so, like, a lot older oh, than this, okay. they'd found it. Nothing on on King Tut's. Um, because that's not the thing they did. That's not... The curses were not there. They were on the private graves. Yeah. yeah. Nobody would rob pharaoh's grave because that's not a thing. fucking weird why are you doing that yeah at the very the most rest. they would like write a scary thing on there to like encourage the priest to do a good job at like <laughs> putting the mummy away yeah that's smart yeah they were like priests don't fuck it up but they didn't they didn't talk to whoever enters the tomb yeah um so wow. so truly for going right into do you believe um i think it's more real and and more powerful in the hands of Brendan Fraser <laughs> than actual Egyptian anything. Yeah. 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 I it seems like that 
it seems like sometimes people die. Seems like some people die in really stupid ways in the fucking 1920s. Yeah, and like sometimes in a group of 58 people, eight will die in the next 12 years. Maybe that's just something that happens. That is something that just happens. But what about the snake in the cage? The snake, that was nothing. I don't know. I mean, I... I, from all your stories, I trust the Egyptian guy who was like, I had a a vision. This sucks. (laughs) (laughs) Of, Of child mummies. Yeah, and like, I will trust him. Sure. And believe him. Yeah. And he shouldn't have taken those child mummies. No. So I I, I think I, I believe uh, uh that much about that. How much of how much of the curse do you believe? I mean, I think there was some I think there were some silly pranksters. There absolutely who was. had who had access to a snake. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Because and they just hated that bird. That bird was fucking annoying. I mean, that's so mean. That's such a mean prank. That's... But that is but it's also like a very poignant visual. Get it? There is there's a king cobra in a bird cage. Okay. Uh, yeah. But yeah, it is yeah. a weird thing to make up. But yeah, it just seems like it was really super easy to die in the 1920s. Yeah, I think so. I think so. What do you um do you think there's anything under the sphinx? Um I think it's so deep. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's so powerfully deep. Yes. That there's no way our technology yes. could ever reach it. And only one yes. as fluid and as as transcendent as Harry Houdini can possibly could, find. Could get deep enough. He slid through the cracks uh-huh. of the Earth's mantle. He was meant to see that. So he could see it. Uh-huh. But but no human being with, with actual bones and, <laughs> and and only joints that work one way yeah. could ever make it in there. Yeah, Harry Houdini saw what no one else will ever see. That's why and he could, because he could make it through the, the cracks in the mantle. Exactly. Um, any bad advice? Oh, my God. Um, maybe go into a place that's not your place and take things oh. that aren't yours and just, like, shit all over their stuff. Yeah. Maybe that. Maybe suggest that they didn't even make it and that aliens did it. Yeah. Look, this is spooky shit here in this house, and we love to believe not this shit that it sucks we are we are enjoying in this episode these spooky stories and these mythological mashup creatures Mm -hmm. but don't be racist don't be racist uh how about yourself mm -hmm. yeah check it out look inside yourself um Mm -hmm. so what i think is that the my bad advice would be that you should not care about riddles at all because they are just (laughs) things that are useless and child's play things. No, you need to read up on your riddles. Mm. You need to get good Mm. because you do not know when the Sphinx will be standing in front of, I don't know, LAX Mm. or, or, or your local whole, whole goods. (laughs) (laughs) Your local local whole goods or JCPenney combo. Home Goods, Whole Foods, uh-huh. Pizza Hut, Taco Bell. <laughs> she's standing there and she's like, what has two legs and three legs and four legs? And you're like, oh my God. Remember. You'll get eight. It's going to be, a, there's different riddles she does. It's not always the yeah. same one. I will so. say it, like all the bullshit, what the actual ancient cultures made up with the Sphinx is mm-hmm. cool as hell that I believe in that. That sh- you believe that she was, she was there. Yeah, I believe that like the Sphinx is is real. Yeah, yeah. I oh my god, 
I love her. Yeah. 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 For sure. Yeah. Um, she is powerful and heavy breasted. breasted. <laughs> and I love her. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you have like a story you want to tell us about ghosts, about visions you've had, about mashup mythological monsters you've seen, which is kind of my kick right now, to mm. be honest. Mm. Um, you can send that to spookyshippod at gmail.com. Thank you, Donna, again, for your beautiful submissions. We <laughs> fucking love you. And um, I would... Uh, you could also follow our Instagram at spookyshippod. And um, I, we, I also want to thank uh, Kiernan Amadeus for our fantastic, beautiful, wonderful theme song. Thank you so much. It was made for us mm. by Kiernan, and we cannot thank her enough. Mm-hmm. And I think that's it. Yeah, let's um, let's go and and read the spooky haunts magazine from the 1920s. Weird tales. Weird tales. <laughs> I wish our we should have named our podcast Weird Tales. Make it work, bitches. Make it work. <laughs> Make it work. The Make new business podcast. Business bitches. This is your business bitches. Make it work. All right, we done. Yeah.